Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I just thank uh, Pastor Phil for giving me the opportunity to speak again. I spoke in uh, March, I think it was March, about being uh, revived and basically talking about our identity in Christ. And um, yeah, just yeah, just I just want to thank the leadership as well for just supporting me today as well and their prayers. And thank you for those that have been praying for me as well. And actually, I just want to thank my beautiful wife and my little son. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Abba's been really patient with me. I have quite a busy job and trying to work all this in as well and preparing the words been you know and actually I just I kind of want to encourage people here today that you know I wasn't a Christian four years ago and it was Abba that prayed for me um and she used to go I'm gonna cry and she used to go up to the front at our old church and she used to pray for me and I just want to encourage that people to just keep praying for that partner keep praying for that that person that just believe that God's going to answer that prayer because God wishes and he wants all to be saved and he, all, he wants everyone to come to the knowledge of truth that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And I just, I just want to encourage those people here that are just feeling down about a loved one and that person's not saved. Just I keep encouraging, I implore you to keep pushing in prayer. Keep knocking refusally on the door. That's what Jesus wants for us. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah, um, and when I used to when I used to do Thai boxing, uh, I used to be a semi-professional Thai boxer. Uh, I always used to prepare my, for my fights. So I always used to be diligent in that. And really, I've had to really depend on the Holy Spirit because I haven't had much time. So I've just been praying. Uh, you know, I've been praying that God would touch your hearts today, and especially my little son. I think he's going to come up on here. A picture of my son. If, you can, if the team can put that up. Yeah, this is my son Elijah anointing me with the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's bringing fire from heaven. I say, Elijah, please pray. Daddy's going to do a word and he, he touches me. But it's just a touch. He doesn't stay there for long. It's just a touch, which I'm quite disappointed about because I want more. I'm like, more, Elijah, more. And, but he doesn't give me more. He, he's so anointed, he just touches your head. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, I just want to pray for us as I go into the Word of God. If we just bow our heads, yeah. Father God, I just I thank you for this honor and this privilege to share your Word today. And I pray, Father God, I come here with fear and trembling, but I pray, Father God, just like Paul, the Holy Spirit will anoint every word with fire, Lord, with power. I pray that in your precious name, Father God, open the hearts of the hearers. And Lord, I even pray that this word would change me, Father God. Change me, Father God, how I minister love to your people in Jesus' name. So if you've got your Bibles, if you haven't got your Bibles, it's going to come up on the screen. And I just want to take this time actually to honor the guys at the desk. They're always, they're always there at the weekend. They make the preachers. They, they, you know, they got all the notes up. So I just really want to honor them. A culture of honor in this church. If you could turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 10, verse 25 to verse 37. And I'm going to read. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. I'm reading from the NLT. I'll just let you get there. 
Cool. Everyone's ready. So one day, an expert in the religious law stood up to to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus said, Jesus asked, sorry. The man replied, the one who showed mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And I really feel like God today is saying that we are to go and show mercy to a hurting people. Because the, the neighbors, you know, when Jesus asked, which of these three was your neighbor? He said, the one who showed mercy. And I believe that today, church, um, you know, miracles are amazing. Um, yeah, miracles are amazing. We, and I've entitled this message, The Miracle of Mercy. You know, when I conjure up, when we talk about the mention of the word miracle, it conjures up the supernatural the gifts of the Spirit. And we are a church that goes out onto the street and we see the miracles. We see miracles take place in this church. But I feel that the Spirit of God is yearning for a miracle of mercy because this is what the Samaritan shows. He shows that he wants to take time and he wants to love upon someone. You know, we're a church. I believe that, you know, Reinhold Bonnke said that we're not a comfort ship, but actually we're we're a, a, a rescue. We're a lifeboat. We're like rescuing. But I also believe that we're a mercy ship as well. I believe with the mission to Iraq, I, f- I believe that God is expanding our ministry of mercy to the nations. And actually today, you giving that money to that appeal, you don't know the door you're opening to a miracle for some young person in Iraq who's suffering. He doesn't need a miracle. He doesn't need healing. He needs money, he needs finance, he needs food, and Jesus is the bread of life, and he wants to provide that for his church. Would we coincide with Jesus, and would we partner with him and give generously like the Samaritan did? Would we do that? You know, I've been getting familiar with the Gospels um, recently. My son, every day, refusably, um, comes to me and Abba in the morning with these Jesus films. Uh, he's only 16 months, but he loves Jesus. And that's all he goes on about. Jesus, Jesus. And he says it in such a cute voice that you're compelled to put 
this DVD on for him. So while I'm like walking around the house for breakfast, for dinner, I'm seeing Jesus doing all these amazing miracles. He's healing the sick, the blind, the seeing, Lazarus is being raised. Whoa, my son's going to have some crazy dreams. But, but what, while I also see the miracles that are flowing throughout Jesus, I see the mercy that he's showing to people. I, I believe it's blind Bartimaeus. He says, show mercy on me, Lord. And that's the character of God. In Exodus, God reveals himself to, to Moses as he, he, he shouts to Moses, he says, I am the Lord God, the most merciful. And God is merciful. And Jesus went around being merciful. Jesus says, be merciful and you shall obtain mercy. And I believe that God, what God is actually looking for in his people is similar to what he was looking in Micah 6. Because in Micah 6, this is the nation of Israel. They, had un, they were... Um, they had unjust, God had made an accusation against them because of their unjust practices and um, towards people and towards um, the land. And basically God wanted them, he wanted them to, to offer a sacrifice, but they offered him burnt offerings because they wanted to silence God. And who knows, for church, that we need to be a living sacrifice. Um, Romans 12 verse 1 um, Paul says to us, he pleads with us, he pleads with us to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to go out of, of these doors and be a living sacrifice, to lay down our bodies. That would be a church that would lay down our bodies for a stranger, for a despised person. And then I love the words for, in Micah 6 verse 8, because um, Micah gives the word to Israel, how to serve the Lord their God. And he says these words. He says, do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Would we love mercy, church? Would we go out on the streets, not just on the streets to pray for healing, but would we go out with mercy and walk humbly? Would we be humble enough to take the meekness and, and the, the description of Christ? Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's love mercy, church. And we just, you know, um, Lee, yeah, my mind just went, Lee's just, he's just been talking, my mind just went nuts then. We've been talking about love today, and I believe that God shows his love by his compassion for a lost world. And I believe if, that if we are to walk humbly with our God and love mercy, we are, my first point is that we are meant to have the heart of compassion. It's compassion that is meant to drive our ministry. It's compassion that drives us on a Sunday to come to church. We align our hearts with God and we say, Jesus, we come with you with our compassion, with our love for you. And he, he gives that back to us. You know, the Samaritan here is showing how to love the Lord your God and how to love others with all your heart. And I love that, that he's... And I'll just read the scripture again in verse 1031 to verse 33. And it says, By chance a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw 
the man. He felt compassion. I believe many of us, we've been, you know, in our daily lives, we look at people and God gives us a compassion for them because it says in Romans that the Holy Spirit has filled us with love and compassion. It's not our own love, but it's the love of Jesus. So remember that, that it's not your own love that is compelling you towards that person. It's Jesus. You are seeing through the eyes of Jesus when you see compassion for a person. And I love this word compassion because actually the definition of compassion is to have a move. It's like a movement in your bowel, a movement in your gut. And it drives you. It drives you towards that very need. Jesus was moved with compassion for the multitude. He's moved by compassion because they are lost and confused like a shepherd, like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what I believe God is looking for, that we in, in this nation where the nation is where there's more hurting people, God is saying, I'm looking just for the one, just go for the one and show that one compassion. And that the compassion will draw that person. Yeah. And God was moved by compassion for us. When he, it was his idea, it was God's idea to send his son from heaven to earth. And he was driven by that compassion for us. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when he saw us in our sinful state, that it moved his heart with compassion. That he thought, well, I have a plan. I'm going to send my son Jesus to redeem my people and to show them love. That none shall perish but have eternal life. And in John 6, 3, 8, it says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. It pleased Jesus to do the will of the Father. It pleased Jesus to come on earth and save us. He, he found nourishment from doing the will of God. You know, in John 4, when he's with the, the woman at the well, she's a Samaritan. She's, she's also despised. A Jewish man does not talk to a, to a Samaritan woman. But yet, the disciples come over and all they're interested in is, has Jesus ate something? While he's just being given, ministering mercy. And they say to him, oh Lord, eat, eat. And he says, I have food that you know nothing about. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God. And I believe that church, we will be nourished. As we go out on the street, as we, we take ministry into the world, we will be nourished from doing the will of God, from showing mercy. Amen. And I love the message version. In the message version, when it talks about the man seeing compassion, in the message version it says, when, the man's, uh, when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. I love that illustration because I believe people in here felt that. And I, I've definitely felt that when your heartbeat is beating so fast that it's as if your chest, you know, your heart is exploding out of your chest. And I believe that this man, he, his heart went out over that to that situation. I believe many of us in here, we got ministry for nations. We got hearts for nation. We got hearts for the lost. We got heart for the sick. And I believe our hearts are going out to that problem. But we can't be there at the moment. And I believe that God is gonna, he's gonna take you where your where your where your heart is. He's gonna take your body over to that place. You know, when I was. Um, preparing for this word um i kind of I, I kind of felt like a testimony had been put placed on my heart for today and um it's it's to do with my next door neighbor and it's so funny because this story is about loving your neighbor and my next door neighbor 
So say 2013 when I got saved, he also used to be my friend before I got saved. So, but I hadn't seen him for such a long time. And while I was around, like I was walking around town, I kept on seeing him. But I didn't have the time to stop for him because I was too busy. And I believe that is what the priest was like. The priest was so busy with his Bible study, with his going to church, ticking off the boxes, that he couldn't see a need. And, yeah, he couldn't see the need because he was so busy. And sometimes time, our time, can, can uh, stop God from flowing, the ministry. And the priest is basically saying, I'm going to keep my distance. I'm not going to get involved with this man because my time is more valuable than this person's need. And I just want to implore you that basically when I, by God's grace, I actually got to stop and spend some time with my friend a year later. But it's because God had put compassion in my heart for that, for that person. Whereas before, I was so busy with, the need, with my own needs that I didn't stop for him. And that day I stopped for him. Oh, yeah, God just did an amazing work in that young man. Because actually when we were 13, I'd, me and him had uh, witnessed his dad taking a drug overdose. And that night, that very night, his dad died because of just taking so many drugs. And he actually, he was my neighbor then as well. So he stayed in my house that night. And when I was younger... And this is by the grace of God. I put my arm around him and we were looking out onto the window while his dad's uh, body bag was, you know, his dad was in a body, yeah, body bag and he was going around. And apparently my friend that day told me that you're comforting me now with Jesus. But that very night you comforted me by putting your hand around me. So that just opened the door and that just showed me that actually if I'm, if I'm willing to put aside my time, God will use me. And God will use you to show mercy to others. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are we going to be like the Levite? Because the Levite, he gets close. It says in the scripture that he gets close, but then he, he, goes, he goes off. He goes off to the other side. And really, I think that's what that saying is, that he, he wants to get close, but he's uninvolved. He doesn't want to be involved in the situation. Because I believe that some of us, just like me that day, you can become overwhelmed by someone's need. You know, to, to feel the pressure of someone's need, is quite, it can be quite um, a burdensome. But God doesn't want us to be burdened because it's not by his might. It's not by power, but by his spirit. Because if you invite Jesus into that situation, I invited Jesus into that situation with my friend. I know that I don't have power. I know that I don't have might. But I know God's spirit, when I said, Jesus, I'm willing to take the time for this person, his spirit met. And actually, his spirit just did an amazing work in that young man. Because that day, he didn't receive Jesus, but he knew that Jesus loved him. Or are we going to be like the Samaritan who gets close enough to care? Are you willing to be like the Samaritan and actually... Put, invest some time into people's lives? Are you willing to show mercy? Because mercy comes at a cost. And I believe that cost is our time. And in this, in this day and age where, you know, I'm so busy. I've got a schedule every day. I started a new job and they, 
I used to work in catering and now I work with young people and they give me this calendar and I've got to be here, there, there, here and like, oh, oh man, when have I got time to be with my family? When have I got time to stop on the street? Just the other day, actually, and this is a bit bad, but I went out for a meal with my brother and at the moment, my brother's going through a really hard time, um, a really difficult time, but I'm trying to support him and love on him and just give him some time because that's, that's what he wants. My brother craves for time so much. My dad didn't give him time as a young child. My dad didn't give me time as a young child. And I know that time is such a valuable thing. And that's, that's, that's the thing that my brother wants. So that day I went out with a meal with him. And normally I feel so oppressed when I'm with my brother. But that day there was such a, there was such a freedom because God said, don't share, share anything about me. Just be love to him. Just be mercy to him. So that's what I did. I just, I just loved on him. And actually, we had an amazing time. We had a real amazing time. We just laughed and we ate sushi. It was amazing. It was amazing. But before that, just, just reverse it back. Just before that, I'd actually gone to the cash machine because this plague... This place, you can only take out cash so, and pay with cash. Maybe there's some dodgy thing going on there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't, I don't judge you, whatever place it was. I won't name the place. But, <laughs> yeah. But basically, I'd seen, um, I'd seen a guy, uh, a friend called Nathan, who's ended up on the streets. And I was by, I was by the, uh, the cash machine. And I'm like last last to my last 20 pounds. I don't even know why I'm paying for this meal because it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me money as well. And this is the Samaritan. He, he did whatever it took. To, you know, he was willing to pay whatever the cost. But I was like, I'm going to bless my brother with having this meal. But also I'm going to bless this homeless guy with this money. But actually, I'm going to pray for him as well because he, he had crutches. And his knee basically explained the story to me because... Previously, God had healed him at my last workplace with back pain. So I knew God was going to heal him again. So I looked at his, I looked at his knee and well, I had the courage to pray for him again because God had delivered before. And um, so I just looked at him and I said, Nathan, I love you. God loves you, but I don't want to just give you this money because that's not enough. Because God's not just about money. He's about, he's about giving you healing. So I just I pray for his knee. And his knee the whole time shaking because I don't know why, but since the flu has been taken out, his, his leg just shakes. So as soon as I start praying, he feels a heat and the knee stops shaking. And he's like, whoa, Lewis, God has done that for me again. And I'm like, of course he will because he loves you. He loves you and he's demonstrating his love to you. He's inviting you into a relationship with you. He loves you and he wants to, be, he wants to show mercy upon your life. And he, he just said, and I... And it's really weird because doing this message has just made me realize how when we go on the street, how can we also show mercy? Um, and I just got to his level and I just said to him, mate, I know I live, I know I have a home. I know I'm in a nice snug place, but God loves you. And he just said, this isn't God's fault. This is people's fault. So I believe that when we show mercy, people will receive that mercy and it, it will just do a work in their heart. And um, my second point is the hand of compassion. The hand of compassion. And I'll just read from um, Luke 10, verse 34. It says, going over to him, 
the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. You know, I love this, I love this picture because it's, it's at the, the very beginning of the scripture. He says, the, the teacher of the law is saying, how do you love? He asks, he asks him the question, how do you love people? And he says, love the Lord your God and love others and this is loving God with all your strength. This is a picture of loving God with all your energy. And in James verse one twenty two, it says not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word, church. We need to be doers. We need to not just hear this message today. Even for myself, I don't want to hear this message and not go and do and show mercy and display mercy in others. I don't know how that looks like because the story of the Good Samaritan is an incredible miracle of mercy. And I want to see that as much. I want to see that as more as people getting healed, people coming out of wheelchairs. I want to see the miracle of mercy displayed. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that miracle of mercy. I want God to do that in my life. Because normally I'm after the gifts. I'm after. I'm after people coming out of wheelchairs. But I think a miracle of mercy is, is simple, but it is kind of mind-boggling how difficult that is. See, mercy takes action where others take off. The, the, the Levite and the priest, they take off. Their religion has bound them so much that they can't take action. Mercy is not theoretical or philosophical, but it involves getting your hands dirty. Are you willing to get your hands dirty, church? When I worked at the homeless shelter, I had to get my hands dirty. There was things I didn't want to do. I'm not going to tell you what I had to do. But, I'm, yeah, it's quite funny. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got to get your hands dirty. You've got to get to pe- people's level. You know, I love it in the Passion Translation because it says, he stooped down and got to his level. You know, if we are to show compassion... We, are, we need to get down to people's level. That's where Jesus met me. That's where Jesus met many of you, at your level. And Jesus knows, and he, our King has compassion on the lost. He has compassion. Our King is the high priest. He came here, and he experienced what it was like to be a man. But he wasn't tempted. He was tempted, but he didn't, he didn't sin. And he knows our frail humanity. He knows that we are weak and that we are frail, but he wants to lift us up. He wants to put grace on our life. He wants to put mercy on our life. And this is what he wants to do for the people out on the street. He wants to give, show them mercy. He wants people in our lives to receive mercy because that's what Christ wants to do. It's in his wonderful plan to give us mercy. And Jesus Christ sympathizes with our pain. He knows our pain. He knows our sorrows. He knows how hard this world can be. And that's we can sympathize with the world as well because that's what the Samaritan did. He got on his knees and he said, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to sympathize with this people's pain. And I love this image as well because in the message version, I love the message version, it says that he ministered first aid. I mean, I don't think he was carrying around a first aid box, but I believe what he did have was the olive oil and he had the spirit and the holy spirit and he had the wine and he had the blood because i believe that the the olive oil represents the holy spirit the heaven of oil and we have that ability to soothe people's wounds 
You know, people might not have physical um, ailments, but they might have spiritual deep problems within their heart. You know, when I go to my job, I work with young people. And on the outside, they look so good. They wear nice clothes. They got fresh haircuts. They're like, yeah, bruv, what bruv? And I'm like, yeah, bruv, but you got a problem in your heart. <laughs> but the world is so convincing at covering that. The world wants us to cover all this shame and this guilt and burdens. But we have the precious Holy Spirit, the heaven of oil. We can anoint people with the heaven of oil. You know, the comforter is not just for you. It's for others. You know, go and minister the comforter to others. And I believe that we have the precious blood of Jesus. And this is what the Samaritan does. He pleads the blood of Jesus upon that man. And that's what we can do for our family, for our friends. Because it says that the man, he, he took out the wine to disinfect the wounds. And, he, and God has given us that same ability because God's precious blood disinfects the infection of sin. So we can go out with these two things. We are equipped as a church with the Holy Spirit and the precious blood of Jesus. And, you know, some, you know all of us, I think majority of us have gone on first day training. When you're, first day, when you're given first day training, you get a certificate at the end and you become a first aider. It's your responsibility to minister first aid to that person that's on the floor. Well, some people go, nah, not me. Do you know what I mean? And some, that's how sometimes we can be with ministry. We see someone and we go, nah, this, this ain't for me. I'm not going to minister the Holy Spirit on them. I'm not going to minister the precious blood of Jesus. Because you don't think it's your responsibility or you don't think that you've been equipped. But I want to say that God has equipped you today. You know, I was this this Muslim, I came from Islam to Christianity, I didn't even know about these gifts. And, you know, when I grabbed hold of them, they're not for so no, any special person. They're for the ordinary person. And they're not for the people that are on the stage, the evangelists. They're for the ordinary people. And God has deposited his spirit into each one of us. So we should, we should claim that because that's our inheritance. That's what Jesus paid for on the cross. So, you know, are you just going to keep your first aid box in the car just for emergencies? Because every day there's an emergency. Someone is going to hell, I'm afraid. And we can minister the gifts of the Spirit. We can minister the first aid kit to those people. I've gone a bit on about the first aid kit, but oh well. (laughs) I just wanted to make that point. And then Acts 10 verse 38 It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, uh, devil, for God was with him. You know, church, God is with us. When we're out on the streets, when we're out in our daily lives, God is with us. And I've seen that so evident. When I was at the homeless shelter before, you know, I I was meant to keep it on the low that I was a Christian. They weren't a Christianized organization. But God was with me. The people were being healed. People, like homeless people were being healed and ministering. Um, and that's how the man, Nathan, experienced healing. Because he'd, I'd, I'd uh, created a relationship with him through the home, working with the homeless. And he received, you know, we can do that, church. I'm ordinary. I'm an ordinary person. My name's Lewis Carman. I was born in Cambridge. 
just like you guys, my mother, you know, birthed me the same way. I'm no special anointed person, you know. Pastor Phil is not a special anointed person. The Holy Spirit comes on you with power from high. You know, and I love um, the scripture because in Luke 10 verse 34, it says that then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn. And I just love that because in the Passion Translation also, it says that he lifted him up. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to lift people up today. He wants to lift people up that are on the street. And he does that by showing, manifesting his loving kindness for the weak, for the feeble. He wants to lift their burdens of shame today. We have that, we have that opportunity to go into the street, to go into our workplace and people's burdens and shame to be lifted off them. Cool. And then I love the fact that he bandaged the man. And, you know, this, this man wasn't, he didn't, I don't think he had a first day kit, obviously. But I think he was willing to do whatever it takes. He was willing to take the very clothes off his own back. I believe that's what he did and bandaged the man. What are we willing to give over, church? What are we willing to give up? What are we willing, you know, with the Iraq mission? What are, we, are we willing to give up our family? Are we willing to give up our time, our energy to basically minister mercy unto someone? And the fact is that he also took him to an inn and he took care of him. And I love that because sometimes God isn't going to instantly heal people. He isn't instantly going to, people are not just going to go receive healing straight away. But sometimes healing is a process. And are we going to get alongside people just like the Samaritan did and take care of them? Take them to the inn and take care of them. Bring them into church because there's healing here. You know, when I received Christ, I needed a lot of healing of past hurts and past pains. But the more I've been in church, the more I've been in three years now, I, I can say that God, it wasn't an instant healing, but I received healing in a process because people have got alongside me and lifted me up. My third point is that we are meant to have a head of compassion. And I'll just read from Luke 10 verse 35. And it says, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. And if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. You know, I believe that this reflects God's omnipresence and forward thinking and forward planning. And that actually we are to love the Lord God with all our mind. We're meant to have the mind of Christ when we're ministering to people. You know, in John 14 verse 3 it says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will also be with me where I am. You know, it pleases God. He wants, he wants to go and prepare this home for us. He had that in mind for us, that he wanted to prepare this home. And this is what the Samaritan's doing. He's, he's taking care of this man, but he's saying, yeah, I'll pay for your debt. I'll pay for your sin. That's, that's kind of the illustration of Christ. And he says, I'll come back next time. And he's giving this, he's foreseeing this image of Christ coming back, but also depositing the Holy Spirit to us to comfort us. But I'm going to come and get you. So I'm going away to prepare this home for you. And I believe if people, hurting people, 
as we show mercy to, if they receive, if they know that Christ is coming back to them, what joy that will bring to them. What, um, you know, hope that will bring to a world that needs hope. You know, we only have to turn on the news. And, you know, even sometimes when I look at the news, I feel despondent and hopeful and hopeless. But actually, when I know that Jesus is coming back, it brings such hope to me that he's gone to prepare somewhere for me. And Hebrews, yeah, and I also just believe as well um, that we should that we should also pray for people in our mind that we should be that we should be lifting up people in prayer that we should love the Lord God with all our mind and just prayer sometimes can just be like sometimes we get prayer requests and we just tick off the boxes I prayed for that person I prayed for that person but. That's not really, it doesn't have a heart involvement. It doesn't really have the compassion. And I believe if we ask God for compassion, he will, he'll put that together with our mind. And we'll be able to drive those prayers. You know, they won't just be a tick in the box. You know, sometimes I get prayer requests through and I'm like, oh God, I ain't got time for this. But actually I need to make, I need to make time for that. And I need, to be, I need to have the same compassion that I have for people on the streets that I have for just simply praying for someone. And it says in Hebrews 9, 2, 3, that therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. And I just believe that, you know, sometimes we're not going to be able to go the full distance with people. Like some, there was a point in my life where, you know, people would... Um, They'd shown me Christ, but they couldn't take me on the journey any, any further. And I think if we are really willing to release people and have the mind that actually that person might need to go to an alpha. I can't do that. Um, that person might need to go to a first steps course because I can't do that. And it's not the responsibility doesn't always come down to us to show mercy to people. It's actually the whole body, the church. And Jesus is the head of that church. And he wants, to, he wants that people to experience mercy through the body of Christ. And I just believe if we didn't become so burdened by that, because I, I believe when people come into church, maybe we've introduced that person to Christ. Someone introduced me to Christ, but the church carried me. And we, if we have forward thinking about the people that we're discipling, then when they come in, it doesn't seem to burden us so much. You know, actually, I love the mind of Christ as well, because God had it in mind, and I'll just wrap up with this testimony, that, so basically the testimony I talked about first with my neighbor um, when I was younger, God had actually, it's just blown me away, because my, na- my neighbor that when I was young is actually my neighbor now, so, and what was amazing about that is, um, Two weeks before I moved into my house, I had a dream about this very person that he was depressed. It was like, it was weird. It was on a spaceship and it was for people with mental health issues. And he, and I could just see him like really depressed. And then two weeks later, I get on the elevator because my place has an elevator. And um, I see this guy that I've been thinking about all the time. And I said, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm your next door neighbor. And I was like, wow. And at the time, I was like, this ain't God. This ain't God. And I was like, shut up, Lewis. It is God. Start praying for him because God's going to do a miracle in his life. 
And what was amazing that, what I believe the mind of Christ is so amazing that he predestined that he would be my neighbor. But not also that. A few weeks later, after being neighbors and stuff, I tried to, you know, I tried to engage with him, you know, try to love on my neighbor, pray for him, try and, try and do things to try and encourage him to come to church. But that, that wasn't working. That wasn't the plan that God had. So anyway, I, had, I went on in this little retreat. And on the way there, I had a really intrusive thought that I, that I thought could be God or couldn't be God. And the thought was saying, you're going to see J. John, the evangelist, at this, at this um, retreat. And I was like, yeah, this is not happening. So anyway, I go to the retreat. I get into the room, and there's a mag- premier, um, premier radio magazine. And J. John's picture's in the front, and it says that he's doing an evangelistic meeting at the Emirates Stadium. And... I was like, whoa, okay. So I found out a little bit about J. John. And then I go home and I have a week off work. And I'm listening to Premier Christian Radio. But then I just like, nah. So I changed it to UCB. And I never listened to UCB. No, like, not because it's bad. I just don't listen to that one. Uh-huh. And they give an opportunity for someone to win tickets to J. John, the evangelist. That's going to, at the Emirates Stadium. And I win those tickets. And, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And the only way you could go, yeah, on the radio, I had to say, they said to me, you have to, sh- you have to take a person that's never heard the gospel before. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. Because my next door neighbor is an Arsenal fan. And he can come to the Emirates Stadium with me. Wow, this is amazing. I didn't even make this plan up, you know. Like, wow, that was the mind of God, the mind of compassion, the head of compassion, that God would see my neighbor's need and he would provide me with the tickets. It's, you know, I was just amazed by that. And actually, that day, I didn't, I didn't actually know that um, my next-door neighbor had been suffering with depression. I just, on a whim in my dream. So on the day we went there, I didn't talk much about him to God. I just kind of relaxed the day and just had fun with him. And then, and God kind of told me before, you know, be a bit patient. He's not going to give his life today. I just, because I, normally I'm pushing. I'm like, you know, I want him to say the prayer of salvation because that would be amazing. But that would have been an amazing testimony. But actually that day he experienced, he said to me that he experienced such peace in his life that he's never experienced before. And actually, he's been on a really high dose of anxiety tablets. And that day, ever since that day, he's, you know, he, he's not engaged with me ever since that. But I keep praying with him because the mind of compassion tells me to pray for him. So that's what I've been doing. And I just encourage you, church, where there's been, you know, like that was a great testimony of God providing. And I thought something was going to, you know, in my humanity, I expected... Um, him to give his life but actually that wasn't the case that's not what God wanted me to do he he continues me he continually wants me to journey with this person and you can journey with that person in prayer just to encourage you that and I just read this scripture to the end and it's Ephesians 1 uh, Ephesians 5 sorry verses 1 to 2 imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. 
a pleasing aroma to God. And I just believe, like just in the beginning, we are, off, we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to hurting people. Are you willing to take time to spend with someone? Are you willing to show mercy? Because I, f- I believe that when you step out in your time, when you put aside time, God will meet up with a miracle of mercy. And actually, he says in the, in the scripture, he says, which one was the neighbor? He says, the one who showed mercy. If we are to be a neighbor, you know, my next door neighbor, I'm, I'm planning on showing him mercy. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm asking God, show me what mercy looks like. That's my desire. And Jesus says to us to go and do likewise. That's what he says at the end of the scripture, that we are to go. God commissions us to go, not just to heal the sick, but he commands us to go and show mercy to others. And to do likewise, we are meant to imitate Christ. We are meant to imitate mercy. We are meant to be Christ-like in this world. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I just, yeah. Yeah, I just want to bow our heads and I just want to pray that, um, that God would help us to show mercy. Um, Father God, I just thank you for your holy name. I thank you that you are the, the, uh, the way maker, the miracle worker. That Lord, you have a miracle of mercy for everyone here, Father God. And you, you want them to be a part of your miracle of mercy for a hurting world, Father God. I just pray that in our quiet time, I pray, Lord, that even when we're evangelizing or we're speaking to people with the very... A heartbeat of our heart, Lord, be a, a one to be called to be merciful to those that need so desperately need mercy. I thank you, Father God, that you are a God of mercy. And I thank you, Father God, that you want to lift people from their burdens and you want to lift people from their shame. And I thank you, Father God, that we can, that we can walk in mercy and that we can walk humbly with our God. I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.